Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. We have so many different guests on this show, ranging from, ranging from public figures to, you know, all kinds of service providers. And sometimes we're lucky enough to have people who publicists really ought to know. And one of those people is a friend of mine who became my little brother very, very quickly in our first conversation, and his name is Brian Kane Jackson. And he works with Technorati, and if you don't know what Technorati is, you really ought to. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me, Cindy. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm How are so you this excited. Morning? So excited to have you. I'm excited to be on. It's my first radio show. <laughs> now, you just got a promotion at Technorati, too, right? Right, right. They promoted me to one of many assistant editors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to say one of many. You've got a promotion <laughs> to assistant editor. I mean, that's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal. It really is. I'm very, very appreciative. I'm very humbled by it because it happened in just shy of a year over there. And, uh, you know, it's been an amazing, amazing experience an amazing journey over this last year. I just can't tell you how appreciative I am to, to everyone. Well, and you're good at it. And you know what? You're enthusiastic about it. And you are so, um, you know, you, you're so passionate about, you know, journalism and how it's changed and how digital communications has taken journalism to a whole new level. And you're watching the transition as publicists try to figure out, you know, how to play traditional journalism along with digital journalism. And, you know, I, I'm watching you, you know, as you recognize people adopting to this change. So you're kind of an opinion leader and a pioneer, and it feels really good to you, huh? Oh, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, it, it, we're, we are at the point now for where um, writing for an online publication or saying that you're a blogger or saying that you're a contributor is, is really not something to be ashamed of, you know. I mean, this is the majority of how people are getting their news. You know, they're finding, ab- finding out about it on, on sites like ours, and they're finding out about it on Facebook, and they're finding out ab- about it on Twitter, and, and those are extensions and proponents of what is being found on sites like like Technorati and, and Huffington Post, you know, um, leading websites where people are getting their news, their um, opinion, their uh, fun facts, humor, humorous tidbits, things like that, you know. So it's it's really we're really at a great time where you know uh, people can't just say that uh, blogging or writing online is merely, you know. I, I heard someone say it once. I just from I can't remember who said it, but they said uh, it's uh, graffiti with punctuation. Um, it's it's a lot more serious than that, and and uh, there's there's still some pushback out there from from some publicists who are not willing to get on with the online bandwagon. But uh, it's extremely important, and you, and you stress that yourself in some of your uh, classes was um, regarding social media. Yeah, absolutely. I you know it's. Um... I have a lot of different theories about it, and one of my theories 
and you and I have discussed this before, mm. is that, you know, there's a lot of public relations professionals who are old school. There's a lot of public relations professionals who are baby boomers who are ready to retire whenever they can, mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever it's financially feasible. Mm-hmm. And they have their set way of doing things. And, you know, if they have their clients, they're going to work and do favors for the people that they already have on their established traditional press list. And that's probably the most frustrating for a digital journalist or a blogger um, because it it's not it's not the blogger's fault that there's this generation gap you know it's um you know it's it's them not you and you know it's they they're set in their ways and it's it's hard for them to change and i think that that's probably the most frustrating for a person as you know enthusiastic as mm-hmm. you are about digital journalism I'm I'm very very enthusiastic about about uh, digital journalism and and journalism in every form and you know I really don't believe that there is a problem with being old school. There's always there's always a great approach to. Um, I think that's one of the best approaches to online publications. Personally, is being old school. I consider myself. Um, I consider myself old school in the sense that I believe in conversation. You know, when I'm sitting down and I'm talking to someone, I'm not looking for what's the latest thing they've done, what's, you know, where are they going on their vacation, how much did they spend on their house in the, in the Caymans. You know, I believe in conversation, and I don't uh, come pre-prepared with questions because, you know, I feel con- questions are confining. Questions basically stipulate or dictate to that person that this is all I want to know, this is all I'm interested in, so try as much as you can to speak within these parameters. And I don't work that way. And I understand that it is unsettling for some. Yeah. <laughs> the person they're sitting down talking with has no has no questions for them and, and probably knows very little about them. I'm I'm a digital I'm an online journalist, right? And I don't Google really too much try to Google information about the person that I'm talking to because I'd rather get it from them. It's going to make the story that we're writing, that we're creating together, that much more interesting because I'm not taking from the the fun facts and the Wikipedia facts that, that, have, that have accumulated online. I'm getting it straight from the horse's mouth, proverbial horse's mouth, of course, in conversation, and conversation is king. Isn't that what makes it, you know, an interview magical for you is exactly. that you are so extemporaneous in the way that you conversate with people. Learning, learning about people is is key, and learning about them from them instead of a, you know, a uh, a dossier or a um, or a, or a um, you know a one sheet. <laughs> you know, I mean, these are these are excellent tools and. And I don't fault the people that write them because they do a great job of writing them. And, and 99% of the time, the, the facts are accurate. But I would rather get it from the person. Yeah, I mean, you know, the tools are the tools. It's nice to have information at your fingertips. And remember, there are a lot of writers that just, uh, you know, that make their money on doing these tools. So, oh, yeah. you know, we can't underestimate these their importance. But the thing that makes you very special as a journalist is you have you know you have extraordinary 
chemistry, um, you know, that can be, and if it connects with somebody else that has extraordinary chemistry, this magical conversation happens that makes your stories very new and very interesting and very different. And I think that's why public figures like to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I love speaking with them as well. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think is important, too, you know, to and, uh, in, an, in another attempt to borrow from the old school, so to speak, is that a lot of times people are not aware of what is in the now. And, you know, I think it's extremely important. There's so many things, so many great things that happen every day. And there's so many great things that will happen, but there are great things that have happened yesterday as well. Why not reflect? Why not? I mean, listen, there's a reason why history becomes a part of our academic program in school, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, so, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm I know that you that. really enjoy speaking to public figures who have been around for a while, and that's sort of a very interesting niche because you feel that they reflect a different time. They have maybe some eccentricity because, you know, they're, you know, they're not spitting out you know, the newest thing that they have to spit out. And they have experience, and you want to hear about those experiences. The, exactly. There's, there's a lot of stories to be told. And, you know, when it's not, uh, it's not every day that somebody in their first, I mean, at the time I, I would, had been in it for less than six months, but it's not every day that an online journalist or um, a blogger gets to sit down and have dinner with Peter Yarrow and uh, watch him order an old fashioned. When he's offered one, he says, "Oh, I haven't been offered an old fashioned in forty years." <laughs> and try not to laugh or get some joyful glee or or uh, lump in your throat because you're sitting across the table from a legend who's having an old fashioned, and he's asked you for a piece of calamari off your plate. So <laughs> it's these it's these human moments. It's exactly these these moments, you know, and uh they they need to be captured with a certain level of uh moments like that need to be captured with a certain level of professional detachment. It's kind of okay I think at that point when you're around a legend to just allow yourself to bask in the reality of the of the moment in the fact that you're you know you're not just a writer anymore. You're somebody who's in glee mode. <laughs> no, know, well, exactly. Well, it's, uh, you know, it makes you very, very special because a lot of writers become jaded because part of their jobs is they have to sit down with people who are promoting their latest gig, and mm -hmm. it becomes very mechanical. And, you know, they pride themselves on 100% detachment and sometimes take it overboard. Mm -hmm. And when you mm -hmm. take it overboard, you're losing, you lose the magic. You mm -hmm. might know how to, you know, play detached, but you're not going to lose that magic, so you're going to keep the person open with you and engaged with you. Exactly. I, I try to do that, and, and I, I write a lot of... Uh... Because because Technorati did start off as a as a as a technical site, um, I do end up writing a lot of social media and tech based pieces for a lot of companies. You know, I've done stuff for social media apps, Kiku, Friend Them, 
um, you know, this this one that allows people to start their own mobile apps, which I think is kind of exciting. That Very I just, exciting. Uh, you don't. You mean you don't have to outsource it? No, you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. I just did it. I just did the piece um, day before yesterday, and uh, it was a hit. And here I was. I was actually very worried about it because, you know, me and the <laughs> me and the guy that we're talking, uh, David Schoenberg, he's the, uh, a VP over at um, Exadel, and he was demonstrating for me how this app called Tixie works. And mm-hmm. Tixie was. Um, Tigsy is the application, it's a cloud-based application where you don't install any software and you, you make your own app. And, uh, you know, I'm not, while I, I am somewhat of a, a tech and gadget aficionado, you know, um, I think the reason why the, you know, a lot of PR agencies, when they approach me with something that's technical, they'll offer me an interview because... I would rather talk to someone about it rather than write the write from the facts that they've given me because I'm not not any I'm not a tech writer, you know, and and I I like to call it uh, typecast by association, you know, with Technorati. I because you know they're they're tech based site, but not predominantly tech. We cover a lot of human topics and we cover a lot of. Um, you know, lifestyle and entertainment and politics. And that's something that I really want to put the word out there. You know, I, the name is very deceiving. It's Technorati. Yes, that's, that's, that was our mainstay at one point. But we have branched out and we have looked beyond the tech and into the person who uses the tech and the person who creates the tech. And that's where the interview comes in. Because very good differentiation. Exactly. We're going to have to take a commercial break, Brian. So. Yes. Um, we're going to have three more segments to talk, and we could talk about some of the other, you know, people that you have spoken with. We could talk about, you know, the challenge and the excitement of taking something that started as a tech-based, you know, um, you know, site and how you have expanded it because that's very interesting. So I'm going to ask my listeners not to go away because it's so much fun talking to Brian Kane Jackson, um, assistant editor at Technorati. Don't go away. Thank you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows, VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. Hello, we're back, and we're back with Brian Kane Jackson. I was just tweeting about us, so that's why there was a pause. <laughs> I, I was just Facebooking about us, so I mean, it's and tweeting. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of putting the phone down and uh, you know trying to get this tweet up there right now, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, here she is, she's back. Oh my God, I got to get back on the air. Brian's going to say, where is she? <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we can get lost just for that few seconds in in our in, in mid tweet? Well, particularly people like us who want to get the tweet right, too. Right, we don't want to mess it up. We're very, you know, we we are digital communicators. So, you know what? You can misspell if you're being cute. You can misspell if you're shortening a word. But don't misspell just to misspell. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's just absolutely atrocious to me. I see people on Facebook um you know, uh, some sometimes it's just trying to read a sentence that's a slight variation on an eye chart. You know, like, um, you know, I need a hot, I need a hot pastrami sandwich, and and a is spelled a y e, and it just drives me crazy. But you know, I'm. <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, I I understand that. You know, tweets can be sloppy, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, it, you know, it's just uh, you're you're communicating publicly, mm-hmm. so you have to think about what you're putting up there, and you have to think that when a person wants to check you out, if you're a serious business person, mm-hmm. that people are really going to make judgments based on inconsistent, you know, or constantly incorrect. Um, grammatical and spelling errors. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I cannot tell you how much that's one, that's one um, topic in social media that I have, I've made sure that I have purposely not shied away from. And I think it's been included in every single social media piece uh, that I have done in some way, shape or form. I've tried to squeeze in there that people really need to be cognizant of how they are portraying themselves on social media because it is essentially how they are portraying themselves in public. Um, you know, I've talked to, you know, a few different people about, um, readers about it who have asked me, you know, for input. You know, they sent me emails for inputs on, on you know, what they should keep on their Facebook pages, pictures, and, and things of that nature. And, um, you know, and there's, and there's a lot, it's a whole different ball of wax. It's a, you know, you can speculate on whether it really does get deleted or whether it stays on the Internet or stays on Facebook or Twitter forever. Um, it stays. It's, Even it, if you have your privacy settings, it stays. It, it, still, it still stays. Even though you might not see it, it's still there. And, um, and it, is, it is questionable as to who, 
gets to access it. I know that when you delete something, it takes forever to fall off of the, you know, fall off of the uh, search engines. Um, if it does, you know, because I know that I deleted my MySpace page because I mean, you know, no offense against MySpace, but you know, who's using it? Right, right. Um, you know, because uh, the people had left some questionable comments on on pictures, and and I just didn't want that stuff showing up on news feeds and things like that. So I um, I deleted it, and it took about it had to have taken at least six months for it to fall off. Yeah, no, it does take a long time for the search engines to recognize the deletion, which is really strange, isn't it? It is. It really is. I it's mean, because like... it means that it is really still there. It's still encoded. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you might delete it, but it's still encoded. Oh, yeah. It's there. It's and, there. Um, you know, you just, and the other thing is, is that things get picked up, things get duplicated. You know, information, public information is always, you know, it, 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 you put it out there, it's going to be there because it just can be duplicated. People could copy it. People could save it. People um, share employ- it on em- other pages. Employment agencies can access things. Mm-hmm. You know, there are services that can track things if an employer really wants to check somebody out, mm-hmm. you know, that you might think it's gone, but it's findable. Oh, and, yeah, it is. It is. You know, so that's why I always tell people, think about what you're saying. Think about the consequences. Even if you think you're having a personal conversation, you know, if you can't, there are career people that are going to make judgments about your personal behavior. Exactly. And exactly. that's what, sometimes people don't get it. I want to really kind of slap them and wake them up. You know, well, I it's going to take, in those situations, Cindy, it's going to take for it to happen to them. I guess it is, and it, it is. might, or maybe they'll get lucky. But, you know, I listen, I, with, I have 800 friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know each and every one of them, okay? I'm not one of those people. I mean, if it's not somebody I know personally, it's somebody that has, you know, a lot of friends in common with me. So I don't make a habit of allowing pe- strangers or people that I don't know um, to communicate on my feeds or my pages. I, you know, I just like to have an idea of who people are. But I see things still even within these people that I, you know, I just want to wag my finger at them. But I've learned that sometimes it's best just, not, just to keep my mouth shut because I don't always want to be like the judgmental nun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's hard not to come across... As, as the as the judgmental one, the judgmental friend when you're saying that. Um, but, uh, you know, 800 friends, though, Cindy. I always knew you had more friends than I did. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's it, a lot, they come from different parts of my life, and it's not that many. There are people out there that have millions, but I'm not one of those people that just want to friend everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a few people on my on my friends list who have two, three thousand people's friends and I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh you don't know that many people. <laughs> no, you just accept well, you know, you just accept, you know You just accept, you accept. That's another thing. I wrote about an article, you know, from people who who uh that's all you know, a whole different ball of wax though, but there was uh I guess four out of five convicted uh burglars were you know, said that they uh, were able to get some five-finger discounted goods from new friends that they had made on Facebook who don't know who they are but have been able to conveniently 
say, when they were going on vacation and when they were, you know, going to mom's house for the weekend or whatever the case may have been. And I just thought that was kind of, that definitely made me a lot more leery of who it is I'm accepting on yeah, because there's Facebook. probably some kind of website saying, you know, whotorob.com. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, Brian Kane Jackson's always out of town. He works 100 miles from home, you know. Catch him between 9 and 6. Uh, well, think about it. It's a premium <laughs> service, you know. I mean, somebody, they're just repackaging information, that's all, and they came up whoever, with a clever title. Whoever, I'm, I'm splitting it out there now, whoever has whotorob.com, call me, I'll do a story. <laughs> We're going to out you. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, just because it might not be ethically right, it doesn't mean that there's not a platform that exists, you know? We could talk all day about plenty of platforms out there that exist that are not ethically right, but they exist to greater levels of success sometimes than things that are ethical. Yeah, well, but you and I are both ethical, so we're just going to sit and suffer and be poor. Extremely, <laughs> yep, yep. That's, people have asked me about my career in banking. They're like, how are you a banker and not rich? I say, I've been honest. <laughs> no, I think that's really, I think that's correct. Well, you know, being a banker also gives you a very, another special perspective, and that is, you know, you can write about, you know, public figures who are interesting and tech products that are interesting, tech services that are interesting, but you also have the knowledge of how to be a business writer and speak about business lingo and business services and financial services. And that gives you a very well-rounded area of expertise. Yeah, it's it's very it's very cool, you know, especially when you're working for a a small bank. I work for a community bank, and I've actually uh, written a couple of our marketing letters that we send out to people in the mail. So, I mean, it's uh, you know, it makes you very, di- you know, very versatile in your abilities to understand so many different things. So, you know, it's like you can talk to a a Paul Michael Glazer, that is Starsky for yes. my younger friends. I love I love the guy. He's a phenomenal person to talk to. We have to get together and talk again if his ever if his uh, book ever gets to me. I ordered his book like three weeks ago. It still didn't get to you yet. <laughs> Gotten to me. I'm like, what's going on with Amazon? They never dropped the ball. Oh, that's really crazy because Amazon's usually very good. But you know, you could talk to Paul Michael Glazer, but you can also talk to the head of a gigantic insurance agency to talk about, you know, how, you know, how insurance affects the economy during you know the Great Economic Depression. Yes, yes, yes. It, um, and there, there is, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of stories like that. We did um, a lot of stories out there. Unfortunately, I haven't found um, too many that I feel will speak to. I try to do things that speak to everyone, not just the 99 or not the one, um, the 99 percent or the one percent. I've, I've <laughs> had a, quite a few that speak to the one percent um, that have come across me, but I, I need to, you know, for obvious reasons kind of humanize it and not have it be so technical. I think that there were some that that um I could have done but made a conscious effort to, you know, to um 
delay a little bit until it was a little bit more accessible to everyone. I don't want anyone to feel that they are... No one should feel in, you know, inferior intellectually reading a piece. It should be... I, I feel that it should be accessible to everyone, and that's... It's not always going to happen, but I, I work very hard to try to see to it that it is. And I think that's why a lot of people get a, a kick from the tech pieces because it has something, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, it has something uh, for the, the techie and the non-techie because I fall right in between there. I'm not a techie or a non-techie. I fall right in between. It's kind well, of a Yeah, well, a you're, bridging, you're bridging the gap, Brian. Exactly. You're bridging that's... the gap. A lot of people, young people should really understand Everything that's written in the Wall Street Journal, but a lot of times they can't because mm-hmm. they don't have the kind of business experience that's required to understand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, certain stories. So right. what you do is you bridge the gap. We have to take another commercial break. Um, I know those darn commercial breaks are annoying, but, you know, <laughs> it gives you a chance to put something on Facebook or, you know, catch a breath. Think about what you want to say in the next two segments. You're doing great, Brian. Your voice is so great. You have such a great radio voice. Thank so, you, thank you. Hint, hint, hint. Radio show. Hint, I'm hint, saying, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, podcasting is definitely digital broadcasting in, you know, another shape and form, right? So yes, something is. for you to think about. Great, great voice. So thank stand you. by. Don't go away. We'll have more with. Ryan Kane Jackson from Technorati in just a couple of minutes. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're talking to the very exciting Brian Kane Jackson, assistant editor with Technorati, um, digital guru, enthusiastic writer, brilliant writer, actually, just happens to be a banker, too, but um, gives him an interesting perspective. And we were talking in the last segment about um, packaging information, writing and packaging information, so that 
you know, it is, it connects with all kinds of people. And you know what? It's, I think that it's great that you have the passion to do that, Brian, because so many people should know what's going on in the world, but so many people disconnect because they don't, you know, the information is too technical, too complicated, you know, and it just, so people won't read it. But if you can connect, you know, sometimes complicated information to the everyday reader, you're really doing a service to so many. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really... I really try to do that. I, I probably that's probably the only um, surmountable amount of pressure that I um, have applied to to me in writing. You know, I mean, there, there's constant pressures in banking, as you as we've already as we've discussed, um, and as anyone would imagine. But in writing, the the pressure really comes from within me to make se- make sure that the material is accessible to whoever is reading it no matter what it's about. You know, it could be, you know, um, it could be something as simple as, 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 as Pinterest and uh, MyRegistry.com doing a collaboration. That's, that's a story I'm supposed to be working on. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, one of the many, many mobile applications out there that are done by brilliant people who are going to be used by tomorrow's brilliant people. And that's the way I really have to approach it in order for me to be able to effectively write a technical piece is I have to find the people aspect about it in order for me to write it. Because like I said, I'm not a techie. I'm not a non-techie. I'm right in between. And I'm trying to bring both sides together in a way that makes sense for everyone. You know, and if it if it doesn't make sense, then it should at the very least pique the interest of the person. Well, it, it, at the very least, instead of being above everybody, you want to connect with everybody, and I think that's just such an important part of you know digital writing today. You could connect to so many people, and if you connect to so many people, you can make a difference. Exactly. exactly. Oh, and I know that you have you know you have a revolution in you. I mean that in a good way. Oh, I no, I totally, totally get it. So, thank you, Cindy. I mean, you have a revolution in you. You're, you know, you you really represent. You you're so wonderful at representing everything that's going on in these times in simple terms. I mean, you know, what's going on with the economy, what's going on politically, you know, what's going on artistically. You know, it's. You know, you think about it, you dwell about it, and every day you think about what can you do to make things different. And, you know, I wish more people were like you because I just don't think we would be in such a mess if more people were like you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that, especially coming from the, the great Cindy Rakowitz. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's frustrating the because... The Cleo Award winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of fun, you know, having having the Cleo, the, having the Cleos is always kind of fun. It was really fun working on advertising at Playboy Enterprises. I mean, you know, it was, I, I really enjoyed doing the creative advertising part in addition to doing all of the other elements of corporate communications and public relations. Um, it was just so much fun. So when I watch shows like Mad Men and The Pitch, I like, you know, I just miss that part of the oh. industry so much. 
don't even get me started on Mad Men. We could talk about it for the rest of the show. I'm such a huge fan of Mad Men. Um, such a huge fan. Well, you it, know it what? It depicts, it, it depicts the culture so beautifully. We're talking about how you know people make a difference and people can get into the color and the passion of things rather than just the simple history. And boy, Matt Weiner went to such you know, an extent to replicate this phenomenal era. And, you know, he, you know, makes no excuses and doesn't try to cover up anything. And some people get offended by it, but that's what it was. Women were getting their power by being sexy in the workplace. Mm. And, you know, men had their power by being in a bragadocio sort of locker room situation where <laughs> right. men worked with men and drank and had affairs all day. But this was women finding a way to get their power in the workplace. Exactly, exactly. And if Matt Wiener's publicist is listening to this, then, uh, you know, I mean, he would he would definitely get the story in the interview that he's never had before because there are just so many, I, I feel... While I've read very, very good articles and seen very good interviews with him and very great stories, I still feel that because of how this man's mind works and how he's been able to create an entire universe or an entire reality within a reality we already know by looking back on it. I'm a huge 1960s aficionado. And... Um, him having been able to create that within the context of the reality that we know, there's so many missed opportunities, I feel, in terms of things that could be discussed in a story with him or in a podcast, if you said, which I do want to try one day, so you actually um, hit it on the head. Um, I do want to start trying to do audio conversations you know, I'd be very good at it, and you're welcome to join me as a co-host if you'd like. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I That's definitely something to, to consider. I mean, yeah. now that you're on the air, you could see that you could do it on your mobile phone from somewhere. I mean, it's really no big deal. I mean, of course, we prefer a land phone because of audio quality, but, right. um, you know, it's... Uh, it's really great fun, and I know you love connecting with people, and, you know, just think of all the people that you could invite on the show. You know, it's, it's never-ending. And, oh, yeah. you know, just think about what they can say and, um, you know, what you could provoke them to say. It's, uh, it's a very, very fun platform, very fun platform. It's extremely fun, extremely fun. You know, the audio interview, the radio uh, interview, the written face-to-face phone interview, these are all things. I've, I've been blessed to have spoken, been able to speak with so many really, really, truly fascinating people and people who in their own ways have contributed to other people. You know, Ken Goldstein in his The Way of the Nerd series, um, you know, the, you know, my, my, my obsession with Star Trek. <laughs> I know. Who did you talk to? You know, who? I mean, did you talk to anybody from Star Star Trek ever? I did. I did. I talked to Rene Arbrizonwa from uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. He's also known for Boston Legal and uh, Benson and Avery Brooks, of course, Hawk himself from Spencer for Hire, who was uh, the he was actually the first black captain of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. So for me as a child, that was 
a huge, huge, he was a huge role model. I was like, wow, you know, uh, first black captain on Star Trek. That was a big kick for me talking to him. And that was like just so incredibly cerebral. And his voice is so incredibly powerful and commanding that I couldn't imagine having been one of his children. If he just said hi, I probably would have just froze. That's so great. (laughs) That's so great. Who else did you talk to? that really rocked you, that really was special for you? I think I I have to say that probably the two most powerful, and and, and it's two, I, I... I have a bunch of names here in front of me, you know, that that I have spoken to, and each and every single one has contributed their own power, whether it had been the 10-minute conversation that I had with Rosie O'Donnell, who, by the way, is funnier, even funnier in real life than she is on camera. <laughs> oh, well, that was fun. <laughs> she was, she's funny. She's just, I think comedy is just in her blood. You know, it's just, that's, that's her pulse, is, is making jokes. And, um, you know, I've talked with so many people who have just, in their own way, contributed something. You know, my conversation with the um, music icon Marlena Shaw, you know, for Black History Month, uh, it happened to be also her, this year happens to be her 45th anniversary in the, uh, you know, since recording her first album. So her 45th 45th anniversary in her um, recording career. And, uh, you know, and the fun of being, doing a Black History Month story on Marlena Shaw, her sound, and how eclectic she is in her music, that you cannot pinpoint her to one, any one area of music. You can't pinpoint her to rhythm and blues. You can't pinpoint her to jazz or to, or to soul. There's no one area of the spectrum that she can be identified with um and you know and and then seeing you know and and talking with her and doing the additional digging that at the same time her album was coming out the very first black justice of the peace was being uh sworn into court in october of 1967 thurgood marshall and uh you know talking with my first celebrity interview talking with tippy hedron how passionate she was about um her uh, her cause, you know, the Shambhala Preserve, uh, talking with uh, Jack Armstrong, the famous artist, the cosmic artist who was inspired by, uh, who was uh, Andy Warhol's last protege, um, talking to, you know, Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary, and having dinner with him and having cocktails with him and his closest friend and the, and the publicist for the for the new version of Puff the Magic Dragon, and walking into the room, the first time I saw him with this, because I, I, I couldn't find him, and I was traffic was horrible, and I, it took me like two and a half hours to get to his event, and I was still late for it. And um, he was, I, I couldn't find him. He was on the stage, but he was surrounded by all of these children. And he had his guitar out, and that's how I found him, was I saw him holding a guitar. But he was like the center of a sunflower, is what I liken it to, because all of these kids were on the stage, they were clouded around him. And you would have sworn that the, that the magic and the power of this man with kids was, you would have sworn he was uh, Puff the Magic Dragon himself. These kids just loved him, 
and they all sang the song together, and everybody was getting weepy-eyed, and here I am, I'm trying, I'm like, okay, I'm getting emotional. And, and, uh, and then having them, uh, you know, ride in the car with me to the hotel after so that we could go all go and have dinner and, and conversing with him and hearing his stories and having that wonderful thing he said to me at the, um, at the end of the interview telling me that, you know, making me promise that we would keep in touch and, and saying that, you know, he was, he, he knew a lot of great people and that he knew that I was going to do great things. And hearing that from somebody, you know, from someone like him was just so incredibly emotional and validating. And even right now, as I speak, it's like I just lived it a few seconds ago. Oh, it it sounds great. We're coming to, we have a couple more minutes in this segment and the next segment. I really want to talk about, you know, how you work with publicists to schedule interviews like these. And, you know, there's a little bit of you knowing publicists and having good relationships with publicists. There's also a little bit of your reaching out to certain publicists if there's a person that you want to talk to, you know, you're, you know, seeking them out, finding them, contacting them, and some of the reactions that you get, if you don't mind talking about that in our last segment, Brian. I don't mind. No, I mean, it's uh, because, you know, it's a whole layer of things going on that people who aren't in the business might not really understand. And, you know, publicists are only always reaching out to journalists, but journalists are reaching out to publicists, and there's, like, this whole give-and-take thing going on. So it would be fun for you to talk about that. And, uh, okay, well, more on that when we come back after this final commercial break. Stand by. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Sadly, we're in our final segment with Brian Kane Jackson, but you know what? You'll hear from him again because I know he's 
already pontificating, oh, my God, podcast opportunity. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know me too well. Oh, I, I know you too well. I know all about. It. Now you're going to be thinking about it, and I've you know been how you're going to get to the day job, and you know, like I'm, I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm so, you know, trying to coordinate with um, the assistant and the and the publicist and the manager of a very very special woman named Macy Gray, who. Um, they have said I can talk to her. Now it's just the scheduling part because of the day job. So um, it's very unique. Uh, I'm sure it's very unique for the publicist as well as the as well as the figure, whoever it is, whether it's a celebrity. Um, I've had to talk to some people. Uh, at you know, I've had to get up in some cases at four or five in the morning my time if the person's on the East Coast or in another country. Um, just so that I can have the opportunity to talk with them. Otherwise, it's going to be email Q&A, which I won't do. Um, uh, that That is the one thing I won't do is email Q&A. Well, because you can't get the personality. You I, I can't I mean? get the personality. I, there's, I can't write that way. And, yeah. um, and I'm typically of the mind where if you're going to offer me 10 or 15 or 20 minutes to talk with a client that I, I can't do a, 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 a real story on that that would be it would more than likely be something like a promotional piece what is the person doing now and while it's great to hear from our favorite artists and find out what it is they're doing now and and while i'm not opposed to doing that especially if it's someone that um you know i i personally love or uh, i feel my readers will be able to connect with uh that i will do it um but i i'm really after more the the human element there. There there has to be another side, the inner working of the of the person, as much as they're willing to share, of course, because I do re- understand and respect that there are some people who are quite private and uh you know, I've been I've just been very fortunate in and who I have been able to speak with, lots of great people. Um people that we all know and people that we should know, you know, so uh, well, how do you reach out to publicists then? I mean, I know that, well, first of all, we know that publicists know you, right? They, I, mean, um, I would like to say that. I have a great relationship with you, um, with, with your niece, Rachel Madison Hill, whose, uh, in, whose energy, I don't know about you, but whose energy I wish I could bottle. Uh, yeah, I would like to bottle that. We'd make a lot of money together if we partnered on that one. I'm telling you, if we could bottle that, I wouldn't be so grumpy on my commute in the morning. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, she's certainly an energy bullet. It was she. She did an extraordinary job on you know the first industry screening of Greedy Lying Bastards at the Culver Studios um, last week. I mean, an incredible job. And when Craig, who Rose Bra, who you spoke to before, yeah, met her for guy. the first time, I mean, you could see mm. that he was like <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, whoa! <laughs> I don't, whoa! Now that's an energy bullet. <laughs> he's so low key. He is so low key. And I had to get. I mean, I had to have four Red Bulls. Okay, how I didn't have a heart attack is uh, is is amazing. But I had to have four Red Bulls to get to even a third of the way that she is all the time when I sat down with, with Peter Yarrow. Because when I sat with Peter, I had not had... Um, I didn't sleep the night before because I was up all night doing homework. So it was uh, it was just... Um, 
incredible. You know, I, I, I try to duplicate that every day. She's going to have to tell me what her secret is. I, I don't think she drinks coffee. Uh, no, I think that it's definitely internally <laughs> processed. She has an energy factory inside her. Um, you know, and, you know, it's publicists like that who, if you have them in your network, you know that they're going to kill for you, right? Well, yeah, they, uh, people, publicists like her and yourself are people who, who just burn the midnight oil all the time, you know, and, uh, I, I've met, I know some great publicists, you know, Michael Phillips at the Neocom Group. Um, all the people that I've worked with at 5WPR, which if you look at my 160-some-odd articles, a lot of them um, from um, this year have been from them, I would have to say, a good chunk. Um, Nigel Diggs, Christina Alfred, Michael Pathman, Austin Rotter, Jennifer Litt, these are people who, if you probably emailed them at midnight, <laughs> they're probably going <laughs> to catch it. Um, you know, Eddie Michaels at Insignia, Melanie Wong, uh, you know, just phenomenal, phenomenal publicists that I've met yourself. Um, like I said, Rachel again. Uh, and I know I'm forgetting people. If I'm forgetting you out there, I, I don't mean to, but there's just so many of you and, and not enough time to thank all of you. No, well, I mean, but, and then there are ones that are gatekeepers, which oh, are different yes. than the ones that you want to thank. I, oh, you yes. know, you have to respect it, but you have the challenge that you have to break the gate. Exactly, exactly. And breaking the gate is never an easy thing. Even when you have done um, 160 articles or have had a year or five years under your belt or you've talked to every celebrity and you have people who are celebrities who you keep in touch with, either phone or email. I, I mean, I just sent a happy birthday email to Rene Arborzonwa not the week before last, and I talked to Peter Yarrow last week and Marlena Shaw the, the, the two weeks, sometime the two, three weeks before. You know, so not even having all of that uh, does not necessarily ensure your capability to get through to the person that you want to get through to. Uh, there are a lot of determining factors. Um, one of the factors that I think is predominant is the fact that there are a lot of people that are old school and uh, don't necessarily want to be on an online publication as much as they would want to be in print when, in all actuality, print is now appearing online. So... The question becomes, what is the difference? The way I reach out, though, um, I, I, um, I'll go on, um, I'll go on Haro or I'll go on PR Web, and I'll say what it is I'm looking for. Like right now, I'm looking for uh, to do stories that acknowledge what um, war veterans go through and PTSD, and um, you know how they curve that that horrible, horrible rise and 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 suicides that's that's happening right now that that I read about and that just touched me in such a way that I really wanted to get a story that would serve as inspiration to many others who are thinking about doing that to themselves. Um, you know, don't do it. There's there's always something around the bend. And that that's kind of the message that I want to get across. That's an example of one thing I'm looking for. So I call people I know and email people I know. Um, establishing that network and being timely and being respectful and delicate with whatever story that 
<clears throat> you're, excuse me, you're working on as a as a writer is extremely, extremely, extremely crucial. Right. Um, no, well, I you know I think reaching out to services like Help a Reporter Out for those that you don't know that's Haro. Brian mentioned there, there's also um, Profnet, and there's a place where journalists can go on. I think at no charge. Um, where you know you're reaching out to publicists that subscribe to Profnet, um, so it's something that everybody might want to check out. Um, we're coming to the end of the show. What do you want to say for yourself, Brian? <laughs> what do I want to say for myself? Um, bring me stories with people who are looking to are, are not afraid of showing their human side. You know, because that's that's really what I want to explore in every single story that I do, whether it is a tech piece, whether it is a business piece, whether it's a celebrity, especially celebrities, because we tend to see them all in this halo light, when in all actuality, at the end of the day, you talk to them, it's like talking to your next door neighbor. They're 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 phenomenal people, just like each and every single one of us. So um, they're not above, below, or to the side of having a human feature story profile done on them. And, uh, you know, call me if there's anything I can do to help you get it out there. <laughs> and call Cindy to PR it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, well, I think that's very well said. Brian, you could check Brian out at Technorati, right, www.technorati.com. Yep, Any- technorati.com forward slash people forward slash making sense. Well, there you go. And you could really read all about Brian. I mean, he has a fascinating background, acting, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, you're a renaissance man. And, uh, you know, I really encourage people to go back to the beginning of this show. It'll be available for downloading probably by tomorrow afternoon by going to www.voiceamerica.com. Search Cindy Rakowitz host, and on the right upper right-hand corner, you'll see the months, and then click into June, and uh, hopefully the show will be posted, and the Voice America folks do that as fast as they can. Brian, thank you for spending the hour. Thank you very much for having me, Cindy. It's been a pleasure. All right, everybody be safe. This show, by the way, will be rebroadcast next week because I have to be somewhere else, and we are going to have a special show on the 28th about called Heroin Sucks, about the kind people that help people who are addicted, and um, heroin is becoming, unfortunately, rampant again today, so it's all about prevention. So don't miss that show at the end of June. Brian, again, thank you. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am a death row psycho. I am a tabloid criminal. 